again. You may have a seat, everybody. Welcome. I'm Jeff, I'm one of the pastors on our staff team. Again, good morning. Good morning, online community. We're glad you guys are here. You've got two great hosts today, Kelly Lamb, Joyce Hakopian. Uh, how are you guys? Welcome. Glad that you guys are here leading us. Thanks for that. Hi. Happy Easter, everyone. These guys, they're the nicest ever. So if you're online, you know they'll kind of uh, keep you informed of all the things you need. And and uh, help you answer any questions you have. So thanks, you guys, for doing that. And uh, so welcome to Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. You know, there's a, th there's a thing that happens in, uh, in churches. It's actually very ancient, and I was kind of not into it for a while, and then I sort of did a little research, and it's where you may have grown up uh, hearing this, that someone would say, he is risen, and then there's a response from the congregation. Anybody know it? Oh my gosh, look at all the Catholics in the crowd. That's awesome. <laughs> Yes, in fact, the Catholic and the Orthodox tradition has literally been doing this for generations. It's called their Paschal greeting. And it's a way of rehearsing this truth that Jesus is alive. And that's what resurrection does. That's what Lent does. Sorry, that's what Resurrection Sunday does, Easter. That's what Lent's been all about, as we're like remembering and rehearsing that we need a risen Savior. And then on Easter, we celebrate that he is, in fact, risen. And I, I did a little research into it, and I was like, well, where does that kind of come from, that language? Well, Harrison and Shelley read from Luke 24, and they had that piece, uh, uh, the resurrection story there. At the end of that story, it, uh, it also includes this um, part of the resurrection narrative where two of the disciples are on the road, and they run into, they're on the road to Emmaus, and they run into Jesus, and he walks with them and talks with them and has, breaks bread with them, like he's engaged with them, like he's real to them. And they recognize that it as Jesus. And after that encounter with Jesus, they rush back to Jerusalem and they find the uh, disciples and they say, verily or truthfully, it's true. And in the King James, it says, indeed, he is risen. Like it's true, he's risen. Like, and that. I don't know, I didn't grow up in a religious context, so like I have not a lot of religious stuff that I carry around, but when I see that and read that, I'm like, that is cool. If I had to translate it, I'd be like, they're going, this is true, y'all. <laughs> like this, he is risen, he's risen indeed. That's religious, ages old language of us saying, uh, this is true, y'all. Like, I'm not sure what the response to that would be, but that's what we proclaim. Danny was telling me earlier, there's like a Southern response. She's like, it sure is. That's what the response is. <laughs> so when we can either go with, he's risen, and the response would be, he's risen. And <laughs> that was my favorite Easter memory of my whole life, right there, that you created. Online community, they all answered, he sure is. All right. <laughs> he walked with them and talked with them and ate with them. See, what we're celebrating is, and this is a church that believes, uh, this is true, y'all. Like, he's here. And so because of that, and he's present, this risen Christ is present by his spirit with us, and so he walks with us and eats with us and talks with us. And so all that we're longing for, the leading and the power for transformation and the joy and the, the mission, the compassion for the world, all of that comes because the Spirit is with us and walks with us, because he's a risen Christ. This is the good news that we celebrate. Now, 
I know you know that. And I just got to hear a couple of testimonies, like just out there in the crowd right now, like a couple of people give back to me, like, what do you love about walking with Jesus? Raise your hand. With, like, I just want to hear a few people, like, what do you love about walking with Jesus? I know there's a couple of people that will be willing to bust out. Okay. Yeah. Paulina. He makes all things new. He's the restorer and will restore all things. Oh, I'm going to preach on that. That's so good. Yeah, Zorak. He's a God that's always present for me. He's a God that's always present for us, always present. He said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Yeah, one more. Yeah, yeah, Robin. It's not about me, she said. It's, it's all him, right? It puts everything in perspective. Yeah, this is great. I want to drill down a little bit more. All right. Zork doesn't know this because you had a great answer. Come up here, Zork. Come sit with me. I want you on the couch with me right now. All right. I won't do this to you unless you're one of my best friends. So come on. Wait, let's get your wife. She's, in the, she's doing online community. Joyce, come out here. All right, here we go. Zork, sit right here with me. Joyce. Everybody yell at Joyce. Joyce. Come on, Joyce. Have a seat, bro. All right. Joyce, come here. Right here on the couch, there's a microphone. Yeah. Everybody give some love for Zork and Joyce. This is the best because they had no idea. All right. Here's the question. What's been so great about walking with God this year? What's been so great about this present, risen Savior who's real, y'all? All right. I know he already thought of a little bit something, so you can expound on yours or come up with another one, then I'll come to you, okay? You got a microphone right there, bro? You're sitting on it. Hold it right up there. What? What would you say when I'm like, what's, what's it been like to walk with God this year? What's been rich about walking with God this year? So um, he's, no matter how I feel during the day, if I'm having a bad day, good day, I come at night, I know there, he, God is there. I know I can go side on my bed, pray, worship, and know he's going to listen, um, He's going to answer my prayers. Sometimes not. Sometimes he doesn't answer and let me smear and grow. <laughs> yeah. And other times he does. And uh, just so beautiful to walk, to learn, to go through the hard times, to go through the fires and get refined and, wow. um, and still know that I can trust him. Wow. All right. Right off the top of his head. How about that, everybody? That is awesome. Thank you, bro. And that's, be- and that's beautiful. And I know you, and I know your heart, and I know your story. And it's tender. It's, it's really rich. Thank you for sharing that. Joyce, what do you love about walking with God? You got a microphone there, too, on the side. You can hold it right up to your... Um, oh, boy. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I lo- love about walking with God is that um, I get to experience true joy in Him. And... So long in my life, I was, I was looking for, you know, happiness and things that would fulfill my heart. But I realized that when I have Christ in my life, that all of my needs are met and that um, I get to have a spiritual family. I get to have an amazing um, marriage and um, people that I know that God has brought into my life to walk with me through the rest of my life. It's not temporary, so... That is awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. And thanks for the tears in my tender heart. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release you guys to not have to be up front anymore. Thank you so much. Now you got to go online and be on video. So, again, more love for these guys. Thank you guys for doing that. You know, I picked them because I know them and I love them and they trust me. 
but it's because their hearts are tender for the Lord, as you can see. And this is what happens when, hey, when the real risen Jesus walks with us and talks with us and eats with us and walks through all the stuff that we're facing, man, it touches us in the deepest places. This is what we believe. And we're going to continue this journey together, whether we're uh, on an Easter Sunday or the Sunday after Easter. Like, I hope you come hear this. I got, I'm going to preach next Sunday on John chapter 21. I cannot wait. So I hope to see you, but we're going to continue forward in this. Um, that's what that little card, by the way, is in the back of your seat back pocket. It's a, there's some QR codes that you can figure, you know, like scan, learn some stuff. Like, like let's keep going together. Because I got one thing to say to you guys on Easter. You ready? Here's what it is. Uh, this is real, y'all. <laughs> or something like that. That is awesome. All right, well, here's one more thing I want to do. You know, people, this little, we love this little thing over here because it creates a little homey moment. But this is the greatest seat in the house to watch worship. And so we want to upgrade a family. That's what we need to do. Because if somebody's got a back row seat or a lobby seat, Ben, we got somebody we got to upgrade to. Yes. A little date, a little date morning for Seth and Chelsea. Their kids are downstairs. All right. Give them some love as they come up. Now, here's the deal. They're going to come up. They're going to get to uh, enjoy worship from here. And I... They're super healthy people, so I have a plate of donuts. So here you guys go. Okay, right here. Sit right here on the sofa, you guys, because that's how you can watch. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Which one don't you like the best? Which are you not a... This one? All right. All right. I also have for you guys, because we love you, and this is a special day. I have... Look at this. This is sweet. This is youth ministry swag right here. Got one? For each of you guys, that, wait a minute, I know you're healthy, I know you're super healthy, but there's a way for this to work for you. There's a Starbucks card for you, that's not yours. That's for her and her little quiet time, but that's for you. All right, there's Starbucks cards, and, um, and look at this. This is free meals at Chick-fil-A. I know you gotta, now I know you gotta go to Sonoma County because our hookup is in Runner Park. Anybody from Sonoma County in the room right now? Right here. What? What? Right here. Jackie, here. Here. Free meals at, at the Chick-fil-A. Right, right. Over here? Oh, that's a stitch your family. No, I'm not giving. All right. Uh, thank you to Jazz Baines. And, uh, and so, listen, we are ready to enjoy God's presence, enjoy all the goodness and all the generosity of God as we continue worshiping this risen Savior. Let's stand together and do that. And before the song starts, you're going to say hello to one another as you stand. So stand up, say hello to one another. Good morning. Show enough. All right, you can be seated. Welcome, everybody, again to Marine Covenant Church. My name is Pastor Ben. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm joined by my dear friend and colleague, Pastor Danny. How are you doing, Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. He is risen. That's right, y'all. Oh, shoot, I forgot the other part. No, I wasn't it's thinking. real, y'all. That's real, y'all. And it's show, it's show live. I know, I'm from Marin. I just, I can't fake it. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is um, we were getting ready for, uh, to uh, preach this morning, and I realized we've been friends for almost 10 years. Yeah. Can you believe that? Before Danny came to church, uh, work here, we've just been friends doing denominational things, and uh, what a treat that we get to serve together. But it's, what's wild is there's no way 10 years ago, if you were imagining your life, fast forward, that you're like, man... Either of us thought that we would be standing up here on an Easter Sunday preaching together yeah. at Marin Covenant Church. I mean, what were you doing 10 years ago? Um, I was in the 10th grade. 10th grade, perfect. 
<laughs> I love being your youth pastor. That was no. great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually was a youth director and I was a teacher. I t- was teaching sixth grade at the time. Okay. Or fifth grade. One, a grade. Yeah, but not, not, even, not even around here. Where? Uh, no, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. Man, and my geography yeah. is so bad. It's like, that's like past Lake Tahoe. Like, right, it's just like... Just a few miles Just past. a few miles, yeah. <laughs> there's no way, like, someday you're going to be in California yeah. at this church. And, and, you know, it's funny, even though 10 years ago I was here, I was still making big mistakes doing youth ministry. You know, um, Davis, who was playing keys, he was in middle school about 10 years ago, and I took him and all of his buddies camping and taught them how to drive my truck. And, oh. like, one kid fell in the back. And, oh, no. And it was, like, the last time that I almost got fired. And then at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of pressing my luck. I'm going to turn it around. And, uh, but at that point, 10 years ago, I never thought I would even make it this far and so here we are. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it is, it is um, a treat to be up here with you and to be able to serve God and to experience God in a fresh and new way. And I love the fact that, you know, since about September, we have actually been studying the life of Jesus by going through yeah. the book of John. And every single step of the way, we've been able to push closer and closer towards what is the center of God's heart, which was Jesus for us. That's right. And what's so fun is, I mean, we took a risk. We wanted to be like engaging and have little pithy sermon series along the way. And we thought, gosh, what would it be like for this year just to actually study the life of Jesus uh, through the gospel of John? And, you know, one thing that's just taken me back for this whole study is just how incredible that Jesus is and how generous he is. He, He meets with all these different people. I mean, there's Nathaniel and Nicodemus. There's the woman at the well, Mary and Martha, Peter, the religious leaders, Pilate, every single person. He engages with them totally uniquely. He's not the same person. To, he's still Jesus, but he doesn't give them all the same thing. He figures out what does that person need or want, and he speaks to them in a way that makes sense to them. And for those who end up trusting them, their lives are changed. And what I love is that that didn't just end through the Gospel of John. That it ends because of the resurrection story, because Jesus is risen, now the Holy Spirit gets to do that for all of us. And one of my favorite things about you, Danny, and knowing you for all these years is that you have been sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You love God. You listen to God. You're faithful to go where he sends you. And it really is a fun, just joy to be colleagues and friends as we try to discern that together. Yeah, I, I, I will say it has been fun um, working alongside you as well and being able to see how together we encounter Christ. And, you know, that's what I love so much about Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday is that we get the opportunity to reflect on what it feels like, what it's like to encounter Christ every single day. And so in chapter John chapter 20, which is where we are right now, we see how Christ chose to encounter those in that time. And so if you would go ahead and grab your Bibles and we're going to turn to John chapter 20. We're going to turn to John chapter 20, and we're going to see exactly how Christ revealed himself to two groups. So John chapter 20, starting at verse 11, and it reads, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? 
Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. You see, it's in these scriptures we see Mary at the center. And I love seeing this is because we get to see just how God encounters us. See, in this moment, Mary was at the tomb alone, looking for comfort, looking for someone to give her an answer. And I love this is because when God gets us to ourselves and we're looking for someone to comfort us, Christ gives us this powerful answer and says, who is it that you're looking for? Because the one who gives us that great comfort is actually right in front of us. And so I love that we get to encounter God by ourselves. That's right. And Jesus said that. He said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. And, you know, Jesus was bound in time and place But because of the resurrection, because of the mystery of the Holy Spirit, he actually can come to any and all of us in our individual moments of need and weakness. And so if we seek him, he will show up. And I was just reflecting on my own life in the kind of couple different places where that happens. And there's one just super normal, boring place. But just in my morning quiet time, I have one spot and I sit on the couch. I have my exact cup of coffee and I have my little journal. And I just feel like it's just this moment of being... being quiet and listening to God and trying to discern what God has for me, how he wants to speak to me and what he wants to do with me during that day. And it's just this nice little kind of daily reminder, rehearsing the truth of who Jesus is. And Jesus sometimes shows up there. But I've have found in moments of anguish and pain, um, when things are not going well at all, it's, you know, Jesus and I, we, we go on walks because there's no microphones when you go on walks. And so <laughs> you can really let it rip. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we, we wrestle and we, we duke it out. And, uh, and there's been a couple of times, especially in this last couple of years during COVID, where Jesus and I went toe-to-toe about a couple of things. Yeah. And how gracious that in those walks, Jesus shows up, offers peace and comfort, a little bit of wisdom and direction. What a gift. Yeah, it is a gift. And I think about, I reflect on my own times when I get to be in my own secret place with Christ. And, you know, I am a mother of a six-year-old. So it's harder to find secret places. It is very hard. You know, I try to create a, 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 you know, a prayer closet in my house, but she knocks on the door when I'm praying. (laughs) So I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. And so I found, though, that my secret place happens to be when I'm in my car. And I'm all alone, no music, no talking, no, no one's in there. And that's when I'm quiet or I'm able to share out to God and say, God, I need you. And he shows up every single time in the car by myself, gives me the word that I need. I love that. I'm such a stressed out driver. That's not going to work for me. <laughs> but I love that that works out for you, right? Wherever it works for us. Well, what's so incredible is how gracious that God does. If we seek him, he is going to make himself known. If we make some space, we can actually hear from him. And we talk about this in church all the time, that we come on a Sunday to gather as a body of Christ to rehearse the truth, to remind ourselves of the truth of who God is, of who we are, of our need for him, and also to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit as he ministers to and among us. And the same thing happened, a similar thing anyway, um, as we continue to read in John chapter 20, verse 19. So Jesus shows up to Mary by herself, But then Jesus finds the disciples gathered together. So in the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, 
with the doors locked for fears of the Jewish leaders. And I just love that setting. Like Mary's like, listen, I have to go be with Jesus. And she just goes and runs and Jesus meets her. The disciples in their fear and anxiety are trying to save their bacon. Like what is happening? The world is crumbled, but they knew they had to be together. And then them being together, it's in their midst that Jesus shows up. So then Jesus came and he stood among them. He said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. And as the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. For if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What an awesome thing that no matter our state of mind, no matter how much fear or anxiety, no matter how close or far we feel from God, when we make the disciplined effort to join in gathered worship, we get to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. But even more so, it's here in gathered worship that the Holy Spirit shows up and speaks to us and cares for us, offers us peace and forgiveness and empowerment for all, the, all that life has in front of us. Yeah, you know, and I love it because, you know, I think about when... I'm in a group setting and I get the opportunity to encounter God in that way. How even much more impactful it can be during those seasons of our life. It makes me think of when my very first year working here, um, it was around Christmas time and my husband and I and my daughter, we went back home to Atlanta and we went to um, a church that was our church that we had been going to for years. But when we got there, we didn't feel like we were at home. Hmm. It felt cold, we felt separated, and I started to feel real discouraged. And we decided for New Year's Eve, which is something that we do in our family all the time, to go New Year's Eve, to go to church um, with his brother. And there, you know, we didn't know the people. We, it was a new church. We didn't know anybody. But yet, we felt the presence of God. I felt God's presence so much on that day. And it was in that moment, as the preacher was preaching, I heard God say, Don't you trust me? Don't you realize I'm doing something new? I am extending your family. Hmm. And it was at that moment I I got the word that I needed to be able to come back to our church and to be able to embrace this new thing that Christ was doing. Gosh, I love that story. I mean, it still says fake, it's fake to say, hey, I just heard that story for the first time. But last hour, I really did hear that story (laughs) for the first time. And what a grace. Like when we think, oh, I heard from God. And you're not like, Danny, do this. Yeah. But instead, right, that he gives you this gentle word. And I know, man, your first year was like, gosh, is this going to be a home? Yeah. Am I going to be able to land all the way from Atlanta to come here and have to hang with you guys? And, and the fact that God met you in a place of worship and said, hey, I'm extending your family. I love that picture because yeah. I want to be part of your extended family. You, you know? are. Man. I know. I'm like, thank you, God, for saying that to Danny. <laughs> it's so awesome. I just love that story. I, when I think of, um, you know, how God does that for me and he, and I, I feel like sometimes I have a hard time hearing um, God. But over the course of my life, that actually has happened. As simple as last, this Friday was Good Friday. We had 13 churches all gathered together from a variety of backgrounds. And, you know, if we all sat down and, like, debated theology, we wouldn't get along. And we're, <laughs> we're not doing church for certain reasons because of that. But the reality is, is because of Jesus, we can put those differences aside and we can worship him. And I just felt, oh, my goodness, Sometimes it feels so alone to be a Christian in Marin. And it was so fun to be like, oh my goodness, God is alive and active and so excited 
for the, the movement of God in Marin. And just, I was so encouraged on Friday. And so sometimes in gathered worship, you get kind of a general sense of like, oh, God's doing something. But I had a similar experience happen to you. Um, actually, my first couple months when I moved to Marin, I came from a really toxic church situation. In fact, in my last church, my last Sunday, the pastor got put on administrative leave and ultimately kicked out of the denomination. Super awesome. I know. I had, they had like a goodbye cake for me. And then like the superintendent's like, and he's gone. I was like, no, this You're is, dead. I know. And I just like, that kind of messes you up, you know, as a younger person, you're like, what does this mean? And, uh, and I remember going to a gathered worship setting for our denomination in this, just a super simple way. God was just like, man, I'm not done with you. Mm. It's just a tiny, like just that simple encouragement and affirmation. I'm like, oh, I'm, God's not done with me. He's going to redeem that and mold me and heal me. And gosh, and he has definitely come through in that promise. Yeah. And, yeah. and when he does do that, he doesn't just say, I love that Christ doesn't just say, you know, you are, I, don't you trust me or I'm not finished with you. He then sends us out yeah. to do that and send that message to more people so that they receive that same joy, that same gospel. And I'm reminded of when we got to do that same thing in, Mac in Mexico um, a week ago as our mission team. And we went to go and we got to be able to share in the good news that was happening and extend good news um, from us to them as well. And I love it because he did that in, to Mary. He said, go tell my brothers. Yeah. And he did that with the disciples too. That's awesome. I mean, the, the way that Jesus wraps this up, every gospel kind of finds a way to, to wrap everything up. We know that the Holy Spirit comes in Pentecost, but the, you know, John, as he's writing this, he's telling a complete story. And what he's telling the disciples is, listen, peace be with you. For as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then this really challenging statement, right? He says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. But if you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. And really, I think what Jesus is trying to communicate there is, listen, you are taking on the mantle of the ministry of forgiveness. Yeah. You are taking on my mantle of bringing reconciliation and hope and mercy and justice to the world. And if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it. So we have to go and do it. And we get to do that, not as just people trying to figure it out on our own, but we do that as God's people, empowered by the Holy Spirit. As we work out our faith in private, as we come gathered in corporate worship, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're reminded of the truth. And then we're sent out to be agents of God, to bring forgiveness and reconciliation. What an awesome gift. Just us, two people 10 years ago, like God could have been done with us. And instead, we get to be part of that, just like these guys get to be part of it too. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I want to be able to give you all the opportunity. You know, I don't think I would be doing my due diligence if I didn't realize that there could be people in here today that are wanting so desperately to encounter God, to encounter Christ in their place by themselves, or to encounter Christ in this big, large group as a collective. And so I want to invite Davis out, and Ben and I are going to pray. And we're going to extend that opportunity for you to either, if you find yourself that I am in a place by myself where I feel like I'm alone, that no one's around me, to remind you that you're not alone, that you can encounter Christ right there, the same way Mary did. Or if you're like, this is where I experience Christ the most, I want to experience it and see other people doing it together, then you have the opportunity to say, yes, I want to experience Christ right in this big group collectively. And we're going to pray. I'm going to have a moment to that. So will you all join me in prayer? Yeah. Gracious God, we thank you for this Resurrection Sunday. 
Father, we celebrate the fact that you are risen. Mm. That you sit at the right hand of God and you reign powerful. That you truly are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, I thank you that when we are in our secret place, when we are alone, feeling as if no one notices us, no one sees us, God, we are reminded that you see us that you meet us right where we are. So God, I pray for those that are here today that feel like they're alone, feel like they have no one around them. Father, I pray that you would extend the invitation to allow you to encounter them in a way that they never imagined would happen. God, I give you praise because just like Mary, you comfort us and you tell us why, who is it that we're looking for? because the person that we need is right in front of us. So we thank you, Jesus, for meeting us right where we are. And we're just gonna give a, a minute or so just to be quiet. Jesus says, if we seek him, we'll find him. He'll make himself known. And so we just wanna give a space for us to offer our prayers, our requests, our wrestlings. And we ask that you, Holy Spirit, would show up. And Jesus, here we are gathered on Easter Sunday. For almost 2,000 years, your people have gathered on today. And for 2,000 years, not only do we celebrate that you are risen, but that we actually come and we worship you and we encounter you. Just like on the very first Easter Sunday, the disciples gathered together and you showed up among them and offered peace, offered the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful that you see us. You see us in our broken and rebellious state. You see us with our needs and our anxieties and you offer peace and forgiveness. You offer healing and redemption. But you do those things not just so that we can be pretty Christians and put on a shelf. You do those things because ultimately you long to empower us to be your people. Not just be your people, but to actually be your body, to be your hands and your feet, your mouth, your eyes, your ears that we would be people that would usher in the kingdom of God, that we would partner with you, partner with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. For if your people withhold forgiveness, who's gonna offer forgiveness? If your people withhold reconciliation, who is gonna bring reconciliation? So God, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, breathe on us anew, empower us and send us. May we bring forgiveness and mercy and reconciliation. May we work for justice and have huge hearts of compassion. And may we bring hope and grace to a world that desperately needs it. May we be the fragrance of Christ, the, the life-saving aroma for all those who long to be saved. And would you meet people both in their private secret place and as we gather in worship. And may we be people that continually give testimony that you are a God who is alive and active in us and through us. And may all honor and glory be to your son Jesus, both now and forevermore. And all God's kids said, amen, amen. and amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship.